0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as 2023 in Scottish football gets well and truly underway reaction to Monday's Rangers-Celtic clash rages on Lee Johnson's confident Hibs can turn things around despite current negativity and it's the 4th of January already but still a bit quiet on the transfer window front I'm Gordon Duncan joining me tonight you've got Simon Donnelly and Marvin Bartley Scottish football back with a bang in the new year Marvin It really was Gordon I'm, I'm happy we got the draw so I mean you can remain friends but no listen there were some fiery <laughs> games uh, across the Monday really enjoyed obviously the, the Rangers and Celtic one didn't enjoy too much the Hearts Hibernian game yeah as I say I was up at St Andrews watching the game at the weekend or start of the week rather uh, plenty to talk about uh, unfortunately VAR was one of the topics again ah, so avoid that. Stack. it always is 01419511025 come on then what have you got for us tonight pick up the phone and let us know I'm well aware of how this works now It takes you a while But once you start working on this show You realise that when Rangers play Celtic Celtic play Rangers You don't get over it in just one day So this is obviously Wednesday night Game on Monday We're far from over it So whatever, whatever you you have on your mind Get it over to the guys uh, Right now please 01419511025 Extremely busy um, On last night's show as well So if you didn't get through Let's do it again Pick up the phone uh, and let us know We can look back on the talking points That you feel um, you didn't get to But maybe we can look forward as well Maybe we can look at that game And ask you Maybe Rangers fans in particular Because there's more of a, a rebuild What what did you learn about the team? What did you learn about where the team is at In terms of the gap Everyone knows the league table Obviously it was a draw on the day Does that leave you feeling a bit better about things? Or do you still need this January transfer window to be very productive? Michael Beale is going to give us his thoughts um, on transfers as well. So what do you think? What did we all learn from the weekend? What did we all learn from that game at Ibrook? So 141951-1025. Any Hibs fans out there? I just wonder if you want to uh, get in touch. I know we often are busy with all the Glasgow and the West goings on, but I think we're all interested in Scottish football as a whole You've got Marvin Bartley Big Hibs fan here uh, There seems to be A whole lot of discussion Going around About where they're at uh, At the moment And anything else at all That you want to share With Simon Donnelly And or Marvin Bartley This is the place And this is the time To share it 0141 951 1025 Or Twitter At Clyde SSB um, it, was a, it was some fixture card To get us back up and running Wasn't it Marvin? Yeah, no, it really was. Um, as I said, you know, I enjoyed a lot of the games and, and it started with kind of the old firm derby. Um, a fantastic game, I think, you know, one that both managers will find positives in. Celtic, it's not their best performance ever, but if you don't perform well and you go to Ibrox and pick up a point, it shows you have a really, really good team on your hands. And I think from Michael Bill's point of view, you know, going behind that early, it would have been easy for his Rangers players to crumble and they didn't do that. Obviously, he nearly hung on to get a 2-1 win. Um, I think he'll take the point, move on. I think it was a half decent performance from then. So, yeah, it was a fantastic start back to it, and you know, long may it continue. And you're yeah. just telling us you've showed your hand. You were up in St Andrews. Um, did you manage to just balance out the number of refreshments yeah. so that you could focus fully on the football, knowing you, that you had your yeah, work to come back to this week? Just about. Uh, it was in mixed company. There was a, a few Rangers fans in the pub as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I kind of agree with Marv. I think it's one of those ones where. Both managers will go away taking positives from it. 
uh, Michael Beale has come in He's won the first four games And he's minutes away from winning uh, The first Glasgow derby With Celtic And I think Ange himself I think he touched on it as well The resilience of Celtic They, they seem to carve out these late goals Over and over again You know, there's no luck about it Even when they score Kyogo's in the back of the net Trying to get the ball You know, trying to go push for the win So, from his point of view it's still nine points and it's a still a really strong position for Celtic to be in. And of course, the transfer window is open. Marvin Bartley, Celtic, I don't know what they're doing to us. They're doing it all a bit, a bit too <laughs> sensibly, getting all these deals lined up before the window even opens. I was hoping for some uh, dramatic movement on day one, two and three of the window. Not quite. Livy not get anything big up their sleeve? No, no not yet. Got nothing planned at, uh, at the moment. Um, Andy doesn't seem a, a fan of deadline day transfers, does he? I don't think he wants to join in that stuff. Yeah, he's doing it nice and I'll early. Never catch on. Oh, that's what you want though, isn't it? As, as, a, as a club, as a squad, you know, to get these players in nice and early, let them settle in and then get on with your January. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what Rangers do as well. I think they'll, they'll make a few. But, you know, Celtic signings, obviously I've not seen all of them, but a couple of them meant to be extremely strong. So it'd be interesting to see how they fit into it. Alistair Johnson didn't have to wait long to get um, introduced to our ways. Independent, I thought he did all right. I think mm. he did okay. I caught a little bit of him in the World Cup, and he looks as if he's athletic. It didn't seem to phase him. Uh, one or two in that pub that was talking about said that he could get a wee bit closer to Kent, but I think Kent takes his goal really well. I think that'd be very harsh. And I thought his debut's goal, I thought he looked solid enough. Yeah, no, I, I, I saw that that that, uh, that goal, obviously the Kent one, and. At first, I did think the same. I did think he could have probably got in line with Takes him. But it really well. Yeah, Shaft he does. Oh, listen, it's a yeah. fantastic finish, taking nothing away from the finish at all. But I think next time Johnson plays against him, he'll be better. He'll yeah, exactly yeah. that. You know, he's making his debut, as you said, you know, debut for the club, debut in such a, a massive, massive game. And you can do all the research you want, but once you're on the pitch and players start moving in a certain yeah. way, it's a lot different. So I think he'll be better for that experience. See, but as that's well. just because you're defensive minded. You just think that every goal can be no, stopped. No, no. I think, I think he could have got closer <laughs> to it. I really do. And I think next time he plays against, Ryan Kent he won't be offering him that you know I think he'll get his left foot in line with the ball keep him going down the line but listen it's a fantastic finish taking nothing away from Ryan Kent at all right, that's what Rangers on. fans have been calling for 01419511025 I did say you don't get over a game like Rangers Celtic Celtic Rangers in just one day so there were so many of you that didn't get through last night let's keep going let's look back uh, on some of the talking points but also I think with a, a view forward what did we learn what do you take from that going forward? Maybe that's slightly more aimed at you Rangers fans just because of, of where you are in terms of needing a bit of a rebuild or having a, a new manager in. Celtic fans probably seem quite kind of content and sure as, as to where things are, but by all, mean, by all means the question is out there to both 0141951-1025. Robbie's a Celtic fan to kick things off. What was your view on it all, Robbie? First of all, uh, good evening, Gordon, uh, Marvin and Simon. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, yeah, I thought Celtic were off the boil a wee bit. Um, I thought for the first maybe 30 minutes, Celtic were really, really comfortable in the ball, but not creating an awful lot in the last third. I thought Maeda, Maeda was brilliant throughout the game. So was Carter Rickards, the boy at right back who came in and did his uh, debut. Johnson, I thought he played quite well as, as well, you know. Um, and I just thought that Rangers... I heard somebody else I think it was Leanne Clayton Saying on another channel That she thought None of the teams Were good in the first half And I actually agree with her they that, I mean when I said Celtic were good They were still giving the ball away Cheaply a lot of the time And they weren't creating much But even Rangers I mean it was It was a typical derby I know Simon's played On a few of them They went the helter-skelter Type ones Where the ball's bouncing All over the place There's not really that much Really good football Getting played And good clean cut chances And when the chances Are coming along See, see Rangers what what they've done uh, was a finishing 
Just finishing was woeful. Apart from getting the two goals up, Morelos had two headers in the first half, even the, se- the second half as well. You know, you know the finishing's no very good. You know more than us all, Simon. They can get a bit frantic. They, they can get a bit fraught. Was that one of them? Yeah, I think Robbie's assessments quite fair there. I think there was a <clears throat> excuse me a, th- a period in the first half where both teams were giving the ball away. Uh, but it was it was a funny game because Celtic off to a good start. They capitalise on the mistake uh, from Morelos playing the square ball. Mayedos who's been in really good form since he came back for the World Cup. But I, I kind of felt as if after that for the next bit, whether they felt it was too e- easy, the game was going too easy. But then as Robbie says, I think when Joe Hart makes a mistake and gets allowed to be blocked by Morelos, I think the momentum changed a wee bit. Rangers tails were up. They had a couple of chances from set plays. And then the game just turns on its head, you know, at the start of the second half. So, yeah, I'd, I don't think well, Celtic weren't at their best. I think they were a little bit careless in possession at times. And, you know, the longer the game goes, you're thinking Rangers are going to win it. But time and time again, as I said at the top of the show, Celtic seem to find a way. And, you know, Kyogo pops up with the equaliser. I've seen a couple of different theories. Robbie, maybe both can be true. Lots of people are referencing Joe Hart's dilly-dallying on the ball and that gives Rangers a bit of belief other people pointing out that maybe a bigger turning point um, as far as Celtic were concerned was losing Greg Taylor is that is that fair? Yeah yeah I would say so and I would like to clarify why um, um, he never brought Greg Taylor on now I said to a guy I was actually on social media and a guy was questioning why did they bring why did they not bring on Bernabeu and I said to him and it's somewhat been clarified by Anthony's post uh, inter- post match interview. What I said to him was, he probably didn't play Bernabe because when push came to shove, I know Bernabe was on the bench. I know he was on the bench, but when push came to shove to make the change, he went with the mere experience. Now I went back to my head, went back to Tynecastle when I was, as I say, I kind of guy personally on pers- uh, uh, social media. So what I was trying to say to him was, he played woeful in that that Tynecastle game. He was hectic, really, really bad. What's, and what is Tynecastle? It was a hectic tight game with a crowd in the atmosphere. And said in his post-match interview with BBC Scotland, what he actually says was that I didn't bring Berna on because uh, I went with Juranovic and it was the atmosphere. He's not ready for that atmosphere. And that's 100%. So that, that ties in what I originally thought with how he played at Tynecastle. That's why he push come to shove and never brought him on. Yeah, um, listen, that makes perfect sense. As I always say on the show, no one's going to question Ange and the decisions he makes. Uh, Janovic, for me, came on. Um, he looked a little bit out of sorts, if I'm honest. At left back, he looked slightly uncomfortable. You know, as, as Robbie said there, the massive atmosphere and being a massive game and kind of his first one back uh, post-World Cup. But, listen, as I said, you know, Ange knows his players better than anybody else. And, and I'm sure you're going to be disappointed as a left back if you're sitting on the bench and a right back comes on ahead of you. But that's football. You know, so he has to react from this, and it'll be interesting to see who starts the next game if Greg Taylor's out. Who starts at left back for them? Does it tell you that Bernabe's not as close to to Greg Taylor as as maybe you would have thought when he signs for decent money? I think people look back then and assume that he was either maybe not so much brought in as first choice, but yeah. th- to be close. And you know, Robbie might be right, but if six months or whatever it is into your Celtic career, you you would rather. Play a, an experienced right back over there. Does that tell you he's got a bit of work maybe, to do in the eyes of the manager? Or? Maybe, but you know, the only guy I will know for for sure is Andrew himself. He works with the players day in day out. I think going back to Juranovic left back. I watched him play for Croatia against France in that Nations League. And he was excellent at left back. He just didn't have a good game at the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, as Marv says, he had maybe just come back post World Cup and just not at it. 
uh, to, to be brought on And I do think the rhythm of Celtic did change Because Greg Taylor's had a great season But Burnaby has been used At one point before the World Cup They were switching the full-backs game to game So he has been used But Ange obviously thought On that occasion Rangers at Ibrox Maybe maybe experience wins over uh, As I say Juranovic has played that position before But just did not have a good game at the weekend uh, yeah, thank you, Robbie. 01419511025. Uh, we are on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. Let's hear a bit from Callum McGregor. Yeah, I think in the end, good character again by the group to keep going, even though things were against us and in terms of performance levels, weren't quite at the races. But it's important that, you know, when things aren't going against you, you, you show mental strength and then we get the one chance in Kyogo. Uh, does really well to finish. So, you know, like you said, positive in the end, um, considering the performance. It keeps us where we were um, coming into the game. And we obviously know the significance of that in, in terms of coming into the game. We wanted a, a result to come away with. Ideally, we wanted to win, but, you know, don't lose. Um, and I think that's important as well in football when you're not playing well, that you don't lose. Um, I think that's always vital as well. So, again, credit to the lads as well. We just look after ourselves. Um, obviously, everybody knows what the league table says, and you know they can they can come to their own conclusion about you know what's a miss win, what's what's not. We just want to do our job. We come here. We wanted a positive result. You know, we wanted a win, but we didn't do that. We didn't play well enough. Um, so it was important that we didn't lose the game, and it keeps us where we were. It keeps us in a good spot in the league, and and we'll just continue to work hard. And the, the season's thirty eight games long, so we just keep going until someone tells us to stop. Come on then, 0141951025 I've got a tiny inkling, just a hunch, a gut feeling that people will still want to talk about refereeing decisions from the weekend That tends to be uh, how it works, we'll probably want to do that in six months time um, But absolutely no hassle to keep going on the football theme either Let's see what William uh, made of the game, hi William Hello Gordon, Marvin and Simon Hello Yeah, my point is, I tried one last night your Celtic connection to the show, i.e. the pundits, right? They're stressed that Celtic never played well, right? Which is which is fair enough to them, right? What I'm saying is Rangers never played well. I thought they controlled most of the game. Uh, they should have won. I thought Celtic were lucky to get away with a draw. That's my point. You ask Gordon how Rangers fans are feeling. Well, if you listen to Michael Beale's post-match interview, he wants another 10 steps. That's going to be encouraging for us Rangers fans if he's you're looking for another 10 steps. He's two steps forward, but he needs another 10. He thinks he can get another 10. Surely that's encouraging for, for, for going forward. In what regard do you think Rangers controlled it? I'm not disagreeing with you. I just wonder what, what you mean. Do you mean possession-wise? Do you mean, you know, shots or whatever? What, what's, and I know stats aren't everything. What, what do you mean by controlled it? Well, what I mean is, right, Celtic ad- admitted the first 20 minutes, right? Hart makes a mistake, we hit the post, but else is good chance. I thought we controlled the rest of the first half, as Michael Beale said. In the second half, we controlled m- most of it. It looks like Rangers were definitely going to get uh, Balak had a, 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 no, Tillman, sorry. Tillman had a chance to score a goal. Uh, Fash has a couple of chances. I thought we could have buried it then. Celtic, I thought Celtic's goal, Nady's Nady stressing on the panel how lucky Celtic's second goal was it must have been about five deflections and it landed at Kyogo's feet I thought I was a bit lucky but they keep going and they go to the goal but I thought Rangers deserved to win I thought Celtic were lucky to get away with a draw yeah I mean listen I, I agree with some of the points you're making there William nobody's saying that you know Rangers weren't good or they weren't at their best I think we know that obviously like you said with Michael Beale saying that he wants another 10 steps or another 8 steps whatever it might be it's one thing wanting them and it's another thing getting them as you said you know for Rangers fans it's fantastic to hear your manager saying that you know if they can go and produce that then 
you know, absolutely fantastic. Uh, and again, I agree with you with the with the Kyogo goal. It, it was a a bit of luck, you know. There was a lot of deflections, but you know, I think for that point in time, Celtic had Rangers under pressure, and you almost create your own luck in football, and that's what happened there. I, I think the draw is a fair result. And also, honest. it's always the spin, and I get that because that's fine. I, I get if I was in William's shoes, I'd maybe feel that way. I don't know, but I can imagine Celtic fans going, right, okay, well, there's a couple of deflections. But it's a, it's a great run by Jota It's well done from Aaron Moy to stay onside Nice pass then to Aaron Moy And the tactical change that Ange Postacoglu <coughs> makes Allows Kyogo to arrive from a bit deeper than he otherwise would That's where he provide the finish So You could be a manager uh, No, I don't listen <laughs> uh, there's, no, but you're right, I can barely do this, you're, never mind You're right, there's little things in the so game it's, thought, it's easy to do it from both sides, mm-hmm. isn't it? That's the Moy, point I'm making I thought Moy made a positive difference when he came on uh, I was actually surprised that he never started the game after such a good performance through Easter Road. I thought he deserved another goal, but I know O'Reilly's been a big player for Celtic and, and tends to play in the big matches. But he made a... And, and the other one as well, bringing Jackie Marcus on, how many times does he just replace Kyogo? He decided to change and keep Kyogo on, and he pops up with the equaliser. But I'd agree, I, I don't think there was a lot in the game. I think, you know, the longer it went the second half, it, it was looking like a Rangers victory. But from the Celtic perspective, they'll, they'll be thankful that they popped up with the, the late equaliser. I mean, what, what's next, William? What did you learn about your team then at the weekend? On well, Monday, sorry. What, what, what I learned is, well, that's Michael Beale's eighth, eighth, eighth game against Celtic and never been beat, right? So what I'm learning is, he knows how to set up his team. All right, we gifted them. I thought it was an early Christmas present, so we gifted them two goals. I thought... We competed all we competed all the part without the two mistakes. Because you look at you look at Golson and Davis, very good partnership. McGregor, it basically had nothing to do with maybe that whole game except put the ball at the back of the net. So I'm I'm quite I'm quite good with the defence. The, the the midfield competed better. The forward line needs addressed. I think Marvin and Simon are great. Rangers forward line needs addressed. We need new blood. No, I mean if we can get new blood, I think Rangers going forward could be a guess. Well, there's one actually that I noticed a former Rangers striker, Chris Boyd. I think he was speaking on Sky today and picked up various other places since. Uh, William saying Alfredo Morelos's time at the club is up. Do you agree? What, he's back to me. Yes. Yeah. Well, I like Alfie, but uh, yeah, I think I think we, if we get if somebody comes out with money or we can't, I, I, I just think I keep saying to my friends, we need we need mobile strikers. You know what I mean? People can link up, score goals, chase down like the Celtic striker, they'll get kind of fast guys up front. That's that type of striker I want. He can do everything, you know what I mean, Gordon? Yeah, there's one for you, Rangers fans. What did you make of that? I noticed Chris Boyd today saying Alfredo Morelos' time is up. Is that something you would agree with? Uh, do let us know. 0141 951 1025. We'll take more calls next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Bartley is here We'll maybe get round to that Battle between Livingston and Mullerwell At Tony <laughs> Macaroni At the weekend a bit late I keep calling it the weekend But you'll forgive me that won't you But that, that, It's only today really That I think there's an onus on you To really start knowing what day of the week it is Yeah And I think anything before you, you kind of get away with it So 0141 We are Twitter as well At Clyde SSB Just before the break It just kind of came up Didn't it out of the blue really because um, I got reminded about Chris Boyd today saying on Sky and it's been picked up pretty much everywhere that Morelos' time at the club is up he obviously knows a thing or two about uh, playing up front for Rangers I wonder what Neil um, in Cumbernauld thinks of, of Rangers' front line options at the moment, Neil uh, I just want to 
talk back on the, the last call it was, it was put to my about Morelos and how he, he's saying that Rangers need new blood mm-hmm. um, I do think Morelos time at Rangers is now up. we're not going to get much money for him if we do in January so he's going to go on a fee which is unfortunate considering two years ago we were getting 16 million for him um, which I said at the time we should have taken um, however I don't think we need too much new blood considering that Hadji and Tom Lawrence are both weeks weeks away and with Beal's system of playing narrow behind the striker that suits Hadji and it suits Lawrence so I don't think there's too much of a rush to go and purchase or splash cash on so-called new blood but in the terms of um, Rangers have always struggled for a right winger over the last two seasons I heard Newcastle are looking to offload Ryan Fraser and I thought maybe for the last six months running it might be worth a, a, a loan option It's easily one of my favourite times of the season when you can just chuck names out there <laughs> because why not and at least like that's not ludicrous is it it's not, it's not, it's no, not I completely think out there yeah, I think that's or would Ryan Fraser doable. look for a similar level as t- to what he's at staying down south or no, I think that's definitely one that, you know, if Rangers went in for Ryan Fraser, that, that he would look at personally, like you're saying, coming back north of the border. Um, as Neil said there, kind of for the running, um, I think it'd be be fantastic for Rangers um, or for any team in the league for that matter. So that's definitely one I could I could see happening if, if Ryan Fraser was interested. It's interesting that, that Neil says about, you know, not thinking they need new blood. I, I, I think I kind of agree. I think you've got Ruth on the bench, obviously. You've got uh, Cholak as well, who's on the bench. Both can play the number nine position. Um, Neil hit the nail on the head they, they play narrow behind the centre forward so they could probably save themselves a few quid if Morelos is, is, is to leave the club I think it's a it'll be a sad sight for him to leave a club uh, like this I still think there's definitely more left in him he's only 26 years of age but you know if he decides to move on from Rangers Football Club then I don't think they do need to buy a number 9 I think his time is up Simon to put it very simply do you think that the relationship comes to an end soon? Possibly Possibly I'm just talking to, to Marvin the break there that you know he has two great chances at the weekend though he could have been away with two goals and Rangers hero again you know it's fine lines but I just feel with his play we've been talking about his fitness for long and weary uh, when he's at his best you know he's very mobile on that back line of opposition harassing he's physical puts himself about and I don't think he can do that as much just now and I think it's down to the, the fitness side of it so maybe that leans towards you know the exit door with him and something fresh I think we sometimes overlook th- this outcome as I'm not saying it's a positive one look clearly if you can get a guy and get a good return off him and then sell him on for a lot of, that's that's the dream that's yeah. ideal and um, Neil's talking about previous bids and, and whether they should have been taken or not but because we're so conditioned by that I feel like everyone will now focus on on the way it's ending. But ultimately, if you pay a million pounds for someone, he comes becomes your your record European goal scorer, and you just can't, you don't want to extend his contract or whatever. He, he runs it out and and then he leaves. Is is that is that not okay? Sometimes you know, granted it's it's not maybe what you had in mind a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, I think there's there's positive and a negative. I think the positive is like you said there. You know, he came in for a million pounds. The goals that he scored, record holder in Europe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The real massive negative for for Rangers Football Club and the fans will be like you said, him going on a free. You know, you don't mind if someone comes and puts the bids in, his head's turned, and you sell him and you and you get a healthy return on him. But the fact he's going to go for free, if someone had said that to you eighteen months ago, and there's any Rangers fans, yeah, you know, you'd been very very disappointed with that. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, Neil, what do you think? Take absolutely anything you can, January-wise, or, or just let the contract run out and thank each other for the relationship and move on? I, I would personally, do, if, if he wants to run his contract down, then OK, we'll utilise him for the, the last six months and say thank you, because although we had the chance of that huge return, like 1,600% return, what, he, what we're looking at now is He's got us, like Marvin says, we've got the goals in Europe from him, so we've made money that way. He's got his league goals that have brought us back the, the, the trophy, so we've made money that way. We've made returns from him. Might not be uh, bank balance-wise, but we've made a return from him. So let him see out the last six months of his contract, if that's what he wants to do. Say thank you very much and move on. But like Simon says, he's fitness. He should not be unfit anymore. If you come in to start the season, pre-season, he's carrying his injury, that's fine. You can allow for that and allow a couple of weeks grace with him. But it's not improved since late August, early September. And it's you can see he's carrying that weight. He's not fit. He's not running as much as he used to. So maybe it is the time to just say thanks very much. And if something comes in in January, then maybe look at it. Neil, do you think this is the fittest he's been at Rangers this season, or like you said, has there been no change at all? I don't. I don't think he's. I think he's still not as sharp as what he was in previous seasons. I think he's not match fit. I think you look at those headers that he received that he could. Have, the old Alfie, he would have missed one, but he would have scored one. Yeah. Um, so I do think he's lacking that that sharpness. Whether it's he's not wanting to be here, he's not. Interested anymore, or he's just for all we know, he's still carrying an injury, and we've just not got that report through. Yeah, I mean, there was there's always been a lot made about him missing chances in that fixture, so I don't know, maybe he does take one of them, maybe he misses both. That That's probably not the issue, is it? It's probably the overall performance, and not even just at the weekend. Just it's an interesting one, though, because again, you're talking uh, about the manager, the manager working closely with the players, yeah, I mean, he's, he's went with them from the start. But Look, I just think from the outside looking in, compared to Morelos of a couple of years back, he's, I don't think he's as mobile. Oh, no, I totally agree. If you're comparing him to, you know, 18 months ago, uh, two years ago, he's definitely not. I'm just thinking, you know, since Bills came in, like you said, Bills decided to go with him. Yeah. He's getting more game time now. Has he? Is he looking fitter, you know, from a kind of Rangers point, from a fan's yeah. point of view? But if he's not, then, listen, as Neil said, if they shake hands at the end of it and he goes their separate ways, I think he'll always be remembered by the Rangers fans. Let's bring in Jim. Thank you to Neil. It was nice to talk to Neil and my f- our first transfer rumoured suggestion of the year. I quite like that. Keep them coming. Thank you, Neil and Cumbernauld. What about Jim on the line? What's your point tonight? How are we doing? Good, how are you? I'd, I'd punt Tavernier before I'd punt Morelos. Right. Why? Because I, I was on one time before, when Marvin, they had just drawn against Livingston and I said... Tavernier cost us the goal because he didn't track back and take the defender out and the ball. Tavernier cost us the goal because he didn't pass it back to Goldson enough. Didn't have the ball enough. And he should have wiped out Yota and the ball. Clear, clear no, I think he's, now he's on the second one as well. Um, what do you think? I mean, <laughs> I thought, yeah. see that first one? He's got to oh, be yeah. stronger. Hundred percent. To be stronger. Uh, I mean, Morelos doesn't help him out, but no, then Marella, once you, once you get Marella's to that, plays it blind. You, you watch it back. I think there's a Rangers player in his line as a striker. You, it's a risky pass anyway. You're playing it blind into the middle of the park. Maeda's onto it quickly, 
But his first touch is a wee bit heavy mm -hmm. and he goes into that next one. He ends up bouncing off Tavernier, you know, and actually gaining momentum off the back of him. The defender has to be stronger there. Do you think Tavernier's expecting more contact than he got? Because to me, it looks like he got to the ball a lot earlier. So it was actually a free pass to make or a free clearance yeah. or whatever else. I think he was expecting a 50-50 that didn't come. Yeah. Now, I'm not excusing him for it because it was poor. There's no doubt about it. And like you said, that goal is definitely on him, Jim. Um, but if he'd wiped him out with the first one, then he'd have probably been off. So he wouldn't have been able to wipe Jotter out for the second one. So, And yeah, then who would have scored the penalty? I don't think it's as much wiping him out. I know what Jim's saying there, but yeah. he should have done better with oh, a tackle. 100%. I don't should think it was a tackle, no, Simon, if I'm honest. I think it was free for him to win the ball. Mayeda's bounced off him and yeah. his momentum's taken him past him and Goldson. Yeah. We, we get this a lot, though, Jim, don't we, with Tavernier? It's, 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 he always gets debated after pretty much every big game. As Marvin says, he does score the penalty. He is Rangers... Most potent attacking threat Again this season I think If you talk about goals And assists combined So You really think it, it That's what Rangers need That's the priority Is to get rid of someone like that Yeah I'd have, I'd have kept Patterson And punted Tavernier I don't, I don't think that was an option, to be honest, keeping Patterson. I think the, the money Patterson went for, Tavernier was never going to go for. And, and at no point in his career from that point till now was he going to go for that money. So I think it was one of those that Tavernier is extremely effective uh, for Rangers. I agree, Jim. Maybe some of his defensive performances aren't great. I, I totally get that. But I don't think there was an option to keep Patterson and get rid of Tavernier. But as you said there, Gordon, you know, the amount of goals and assists he's contributed to that team and, and still yet, you know, some people want, want him out and, and think he should be sold. You know, I, I don't think he, he is the main problem, um, you know, that Bill will be looking at in that team to sell. Does that mean it's a risk, Jim? Would that not be a risk? First of all, to state the obvious, when you say punt him, I, I, I don't know if anyone wants him. I don't know what sort of bids would be out there um, at the moment. But if you do then take those goals and assists out of a team that maybe is lacking elsewhere in goals and assists, would that... Could that be even more damaging Even if you do manage to clear up One or two of these defensive errors That you're upset about No but If you take the entire team Last season And the, the year before When we won the league How many goals Came from non-strikers Tavernier was banging them in Kent was banging them in They're not They haven't done it for two seasons Or last season And, and half of this season I'm not sure Kent's ever Banged them in um, if you look at his, his goal return over his, his time Marvin If anything that would be something that would Really please Michael Beale and the Rangers fans Because he showed what he can do at the weekend Then once that game's done It just becomes about trying to do it more often Yeah exactly the consistency And, and, and that's the thing with Ryan Kent You know, He's a fabulous football player And you know what he showed on Monday with, with taking that goal And some of his runs during that game That's the thing that's probably frustrated Rangers fans over the time Because they know he has that within him um, it's about Michael Bill now trying to get that out of him. You know, I said on the show when when Bill came in as manager that I think you'll see a different Ryan Kent. I think he's shown a lot more of recent since since Bill came in. Um, again, you know, as I said, with a fantastic goal on Monday, and that's something that he needs to improve going forward. He needs more goals. He needs more assists. There's no doubt about it. When you're a flying winger um, for Rangers, especially when you've got it in you, yeah, and you watch that finish at the weekend, yeah. And I think my criticism of and most criticism of Kent has been he doesn't do it consistently but I think since Bills came in I believe he's played in different roles he's been maybe given a wee bit more freedom but when that's there I mean if I'm the man I'm like that we needs need to this. be happening time and time again it can't be once every five six games yeah it's too important to them, isn't you have it? to be doing that three four five times in a game yeah totally agree thank you Jim 01419511025 I can see calls coming in about certain refereeing decisions on Monday. Let's go there. Let's do it next. 
0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Simon Donnelly are here. You can get in touch via Twitter or on the phones at the usual number. Bill is a Celtic fan on the line. He's got something on his mind about the weekend. What was it, Bill? Yeah. I think Celtic have every right to demand an explanation from the SFA over the VAR decisions that have affected the club. Um, in, the, in the event that uh, Celtic lost the league by one or two points, I think they should sue first and foremost the SFA, then John Beaton, and then Willie Collin. I know this would create a problem with UEFA because they don't like clubs suing their Football uh, Association Yeah it'll be frowned but upon I would there, are enough, there are enough clubs out there Who are not happy with the way that UEFA run operations um, There are the three big clubs That have been desperate to start a Super League And I think like Celtic would be attracted to that Hold on So so not only does Celtic need to sue the SFA That would then You, you would then just leave leave the league And, and go elsewhere on the, on the back of this Conor Goldson thing at the weekend yeah, I think I think if they sued the SFA, I think the UEFA would demand, you know, that they they, don't, they can't participate in the league right. any longer. I don't want them to do that. I want the oh, SFA good. to get their act together and and organise VAR properly. Would you recommend every club that feels hard done by by refereeing decisions this season also? Sue the SFA and individual refs bill because I've got a guy next to me and I know he's winding up to. I've, there's something that we forget. Every single club in our top flight, I guarantee every manager thinks they're hard done by. I I don't dispute that, but I think well, they can't all sue them. Then can they? That would be madness. Yeah, I think it's happened to Celtic more often than it's happened to any other club. Again, I, I reckon some teams would disagree with that, Marvin. Yeah, as you said, they're going. I think you know every single team. Within the Premier League, will we'll have something that you know they've been unhappy with. I think you go into real dangerous territory when you start wanting to sue the the, the Scottish FA and then sue individuals. Um, in this case, the referees. Um, you know, you have to get on with it, Bill. Listen, I understand that in your eyes you thought it was a penalty kick. Listen, certain things happened against Livingston this season, and in our eyes, we've been on the wrong end of it. But it happens, and you just have to move on. Um, yes, it's difficult, but I mean, getting to the end of the season and talking about if you know Celtic lose the league to sue the league is. It's not really going to happen, if I'm honest. And basically, what are you suing them for? Because you believe they made a mistake. Mm. I mean, there's not really grounds for it, is there? And by the way, I know th- this is where it gets really murky because we, well, we've all got our own sort of team allegiances or opinion on certain mm. incidents. This might surprise some people, but the refereeing department of the Scottish FA, any observers from, from else, might well think that that Conor Goldson decision was the right one based on we've been over this before there is the exception to the handball rule in the box as I fab have pointed out about if you're protecting your face and by the way some people don't buy that that's fine you're allowed to still think it's a penalty of yep. course you are but whilst that's there it at least tells you there's a bit of grey there's a bit of debate Yeah, but m- we've gone from grey debate to sue the SFA and leave the league that to me seems like a leap. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a massive extreme, and, and and it can't happen. As you said, you know, there'll be some people out there who are referees or associated with the referees, and will say, "I think it's a penalty," or some will say, "I don't think it's a penalty." But like you said, there's that grey area, and you can't sue somebody for making a mistake in your eyes. You know, the referee's obviously made a decision; he has one look at it. 
thought he was protecting mm. his face. That's it. You play on. Bill, it's been well trotted out. We read it on last night's show, and it's sort of doing the rounds. That exception to the handball rule, which does say that if a player in the box has a shot fired at him and his hands are up in front to protect his face, then it shouldn't be a penalty. Which bit of that do you not think is applicable here? In the first instance, Mark Wilson came up, uh, said on the, the show last night that Conor Goldson's two hands were up at his face. Mm-hmm. There are two photographs in the Daily Record today. One which shows his right hand is above his head and his left hand is below his jaw. So where does that, where does that affect his face? He must have some length of face if it goes from the top of his head, five or six inches above his head, to five or six inches below his chin. So you think if, if Conor Goldson's hands aren't there, for instance, you don't think that ball's hitting, hitting him in the face? I think I think he put his hands up to try and ensure that no goal was scored. So what he's doing is he's interfering with play in order to ensure that his team do not go behind. Yeah, I mean, I think... And- we're throwing out sort of buzz phrases that don't really apply about interfering and so on. Like I said, Simon, I, I am completely comfortable with some people thinking it was a penalty and some yeah. people not. I just want us to show our working either way. I think that's only fair. Yeah, listen, I can I can get what Bill's saying. I, th- I think he, he motions his hands up to, towards the top of his head. I, I, I'm looking for a penalty there. I must admit, I'm looking for a penalty. And then you read, you know, the the law... And you're thinking, okay, it's been... But again, how many times are mm. we going back to this interpretation? One guy thinks that's what... I think that's a penalty. And I think it's enhanced by... And I know this might not be the right way to look at it, but I've looked mm. at three or four with Celtic this season that if they're given, that should be given. Do, in any, my opinion. do any of those three or four have a no, defender with no, the hands in front of his face? They fall into that category. So that, that, that's where I always struggle with a comparison. Because we said, we said this last night, the guys yeah. are rhymed them off. Everyone on this show yeah. felt that Burnaby was hard done by. Everyone on this show <laughs> uh, felt that Matt O'Reilly, you know, was hard done by. But if you are Willie Collum or John Beaton or whoever, when you've got that decision to make, what happened to Burnaby is of absolutely, literally no that. interest to I get you. That, that's I'm something just, that fans will yeah, then call and that's why I'm saying it? it might not be the right way to look at it. But that's how I reacted when I watched the game. I thought if there's been penalties given, yeah. This season against mm. Celtic. Now I'm talking about Celtic because that's who I focus on. Sure. I cover mm-hmm. the yeah. games. I thought that's a penalty. Yeah, and I said this last night as well, Marvin. Sometimes you get your instinct first. And I'll, I'll be honest; nobody ever listens to this show to hear what I think about incidents. But when mm-hmm. I saw that, and Simon's right, you're kind of conditioned now to to think that there's very little scope to get away with handballs in the box. I thought that's probably going to end up a penalty. Then it doesn't. And then you read the thing about the hands in front of the face and you think, well, okay, I can at least see that. If you don't have to agree with yeah. it, you can at least see it. But this is, I think, where it becomes really tough and I think where we're in danger of putting the microscope on too close and we'll never agree because Bill is saying, nope, Conor Goldson's hands were not in front of his face. And other people are saying, what are you on about? I'm looking at the exact same thing and they were in front of his face. So whilst we've got that level of disagreement about... Literally the same image, never going anywhere. Yeah, exactly, and that's why the referees obviously, you know, find it so hard. I'm of the opinion if his hands weren't there, it hits him straight in the face. Um, that's that's how I saw it. Um, other people might see it a different way. So based on this exception to the rule, then on IFAB, you think that is it the right decision? 
yeah, I think not giving a penalty is the right decision because he is protecting his face. Like Bill said, he's in still images where his hands are slightly higher. I'm not sure where the ball is at this point. I've not seen them. So obviously that's an argument for another day. But I do also agree with Simon that Celtic have been really hard done by when it comes to penalties. And that's maybe where some of the energy comes to this one because Celtic, for me, have been you know watching across mm-hmm. the league you know the most hard done by penalties given against and not penalties given for also. Are you joking? You were actually in the dugout at the weekend for the worst handball decision of the season. <laughs> what, Nicky Devlin's one that when he should give him an equalise? Honestly. Come on, come on. But this this is the point. Like, we, we, can all, we can all have a laugh, right? Yeah. You, Ricky Lamy is extremely hard done by. Come on. Come on, Marvin. It's admit a, it's it. A the tough, Livy fans are not going to turn on you. It's a tough one and for the referee. And you missed the penalty anyway, right? So I don't, yeah. I don't feel that. So we're a good team, you know, right. fair play. Don't, don't feel that, that bitter about <laughs> yeah. it, right? But th- that's where we're at, you know, and... I'm not, I get it. I get what. I get the hype. I get the spotlight. I get the the hysteria around certain teams and certain mm-hmm. fixtures. But can, can you imagine how Scottish football would react if I got one of my mates from Motherwell to phone in and say, "If Motherwell get relegated this season, we're going to need to sue the SFA because that shouldn't have been a come on. What yeah. are we doing here? Yeah, and that's what I'm in total agreement. Listen, this this whole talk of suing and, and everything else. No one's going to be a referee. It's bad enough for them at the moment as it is. Let alone they're going to be sued. And and listen, in, in all seriousness, the, the Ricky Lammy one again was an extremely harsh one. I'll, I'll maybe send Bill to watch that one. He might feel a little bit better um, about the whole penalty VARs this season. No, I think Bill's had his mind made up. Thank you, Bill. If you're looking for legal representation, Gordon DL knows a good lawyer. He knows a couple, <laughs> so I'll pass on the number. Uh, keep your thoughts coming on that. Let's bring in Paul, who's on the line, and get his opinion tonight. Hi, Paul. Yeah, hi, Gordon. Hi, guys. Happy Happy New Year. Thank you. Same to you. Uh, uh, just my take on the game at the weekend. Uh, I feel that before the game, if you'd offered me the draw, I would have taken it, have taken it all day long, uh, because I thought the Rangers are a better team than they had been shown under Van Bronckhorst. So I, I, I wasn't convinced that we would go in. I wasn't as confident as a lot. Uh, started off well, I think. Uh, Come away with a draw, probably the best way to get a draw, where you take the Rangers as far as they can go, and then kind of uh, skip it at the end. So I was quite pleased with the draw. Again, the guy that I'm not pleased with is uh, is Juranovic. Now, I don't care how he plays in the World Cup. Couldn't honestly, I've got no interest in Croatia. But yet again, he had an absolute howler. And I, I heard Simon saying he had a bad game. I don't know the last time he had a good game. All the big games again at Ibrox, caught totally out of possession. Now, I, I, I go to the games as you know. And I'll say to my son, watch watch the, the positional sense. I don't want to tell him not to watch him because his positional sense is abysmal. He's, again, how were at the weekend? How were at Ibrox the last time? Worst defending defender at Celtic Park by a country mile. Wow, that's a, that's a big shout. Worst yeah. defender at Celtic Park by a country mile. We've now gone from worst defender to adding some distance to it. Yeah, the poor game at the weekend. I'm not getting away from that. Paul's obviously been on before. As I was listening there, I scribbled down Vinicius Junior, who he kept quiet, but Paul doesn't want to know about the World Cup. I think he's a decent player, uh, Juranovic, and he's done well for Celtic. Yes, there's been one or two. I remember the, the goal at Ibrooks last year. I thought he got that one wrong as well uh, when Rangers went 1 0 up early in that game. For whatever reason, he was way off the pace on Monday. Uh, it really was. And. I go back to Angie's working with these guys. You know, he's decided to mm-hmm. put him on ahead of Burnaby. So, 
you know, he he obviously rates him. So for for Paul to say he's the worst by a country mile, a little bit harsh. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that's that, that's totally unfair. Um, and I'll take four bad Juranovic's at, at Livingston if <laughs> if that's what it is. Um, listen, it's a tough game for him to go on, as I've already spoken about. But also, he's gone on the wrong side and he's gone on as a substitute. Now, anyone who's played football will know when you go on as a substitute, it's very difficult at times to get up to the speed of the game, let alone in a derby. Listen, if it had been the start of the game, if he starts the next game at left back, you'll see a totally different player. He, he had a poor game. There's no doubt about it. There's no getting away from that. But to say, you know, he's a poor defender and, and everything else, I, I do totally disagree with that because I think he's a top quality mm. defender and that's why, you know, so many teams want him. Yeah, what about the interest he's, he's gathering, Paul? Granted, look, nothing's concrete yet, so fair enough, but these teams must have been keeping an eye on what he's doing at Celtic this is not only to do with what's happening at the World Cup the interest was there before he must be doing something right does the worst defender by a country mile at Celtic ever get the type of attention he's getting now what I'm saying is he's the worst defending defender attacking wise I've not really got a problem with him he's more like a winger right but if you're going to a if you're attacking, you still need to be aware of people that are. You still need to be aware of people that are covering you. Uh, and he's, he's never aware of it. But I kind of get that, right? I know you've tried to separate them because you're saying you're not interested in what happens for Croatia. So I get that. But at, at the same time, we, we can't completely separate them because if he was that bad at defending, he, he wouldn't be playing at that level internationally, would he? But he's good at attacking. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that he's good at a thing but he just leaves all his defensive duties which maybe it's, I'm, it's maybe a, a more old fashioned approach to it that defending should defend should defend first but I'm not interested with this for Croatia I, can't, I couldn't tell you the last time he had a good defending defensive performance for Celtic and I, I can pick out whopper after whopper from the Champions League eh, to the Europa League and to playing at Ibrox, which are the big games, and every big game I see him playing. But the last time I would say he had a great defensive display was the the game in February, Celtic Park against Rangers, when they all were good. But I would, uh, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I don't think he's up to scratch. He's no Mark Wilson. I'll give you that, Paul. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. It's that time of the night already. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish Sun.co.uk/slash football. Come on, then. It is beat the pundit time. Marvin Bartley gets very nervous at this, and in 2022, Simon Donnelly was the master of the scrappy win of grinding out results. So let's see what they've got for us in the new year. It's 0141-951-1025. The lines close at seven. And if you want to be the first listener to win Beat the Pundit in the new year, you have to give us a call. Tackle the headlines. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Simon Donnelly are here. It's plenty of time left to get your calls in. We are still looking back on Monday's action, really. Uh, I did suggest at the top of the show it probably wasn't the type of fixture card we would get over in just one night. And it was so busy last night and uh, same again tonight. So keep those calls coming and whatever else you think we're missing out there, do get in touch. That's the best way to fix it. We'll play this before we do anything else, though. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish Sun.co.uk slash football. I was so full of hope. You know that way optimism, all the New Year's resolutions are there, you think you're going to do everything right, eat right, exercise right, read books, whatever your New Year's resolution is. Mine was just to get an early victory uh, for the listeners on Beat the Pundit, and we were close last night. It was a five all. 
It was a stunning game of beat the pundit quizzery And then unfortunately We had a pundit win on the tiebreaker I wasn't happy at all So the New Year's not got off to a great start Let's see if Dylan in Maryhill can do any better Dylan, how's it going? Hi, not bad mate, yourself? Not bad at all Dylan Have you ever played before Or is this your New Year's resolution To come on here and try and play for the first time? No, I just usually play it in the car But I thought I'll get a bash for Lovely. now Lovely you're not, doesn't sound like you're driving though. Have you, you've pulled over for maximum focus. No, I'm home. I'm home good. now, so it's all good. That's best. Sitting comfortably, I hope. Heads, it will be Simon Donnelly, Tails, Marvin Bartley. Oh, I dropped a coin. I'm nervous now. Very, get this guy. It is a heads. Simon Donnelly up against <laughs> Dylan and Mary Hill. Good luck, Dylan. Are you happy with that, Marvin, are we? Yeah, I'm delighted. I want Dylan to win as well. <laughs> Marvin's the easier of these two, though, isn't he, Dylan, anyway? <laughs> Oh no, I'll take care of them. I'm, I'm hopeless anyway. Good guy. Oh no, come Good on, man. talk yourself down. Right, anyway, uh, what we do here is give Simon something else to listen to so that he can't hear us and we'll get the clock ready. Dylan, I know you've listened many times. You were telling the producer it's 30 seconds. <laughs> Just answer as many as you can and you're fine to pass if you do not know the answer, okay? No worries. Right, let's go then. Your 30 seconds starts now. Who is Rangers' top league scorer this season? Name either Celtic outfield player Who's made over 20 appearances this season But no goals Pass Who was sent off for St Mirren On Monday's game against Kilmarnock Ethan Erehan Who became manager of Stenhouse Muir yesterday uh, Pass Name any premiership side Who's not won any of their last five Hibs Which club side does Harry Souter currently play for Stoke Name any of Aberdeen's three current longest serving players Okay, let's bring back Simon uh, Can you hear us, Simon? Yes Got us loud and clear Why is he taking... Never you mind what goes on When we stage manage the studio sometimes There are certain things in this studio That can give you clues no, to the answers A league related question Here's the thing for you. You, you you showed your hand at the start of the show You shouldn't have done it You've been on the lash for four I've days in St Andrews I'm not at full fitness Please uh, drink responsibly that, that could be your undoing That's all I'm going to say let's Ready? Go. Let's go Who's Rangers top league scorer this season? Cholak Name either Celtic outfield player Who's made over 20 appearances this season But no goals O'Reilly Who was sent off for St Mirren In Monday's game against Kilmarnock? Pass Who became manager of Stenhouse Muir yesterday? Pass Name any Premiership side Who's not won any of the last five Ross County Which club side does Harry Souter play for? Stoke Name any of Aberdeen's three current longest serving players uh, Pass And which SPFL team does Christian Doidge currently play for? Hibs Okay, Dylan, how do you think it went? I get an extra question and I passed a few mm, Trolak is Rangers top scorer, you both got it, well done The Celtic players who've made over 20 appearances without scoring are Cameron Carter-Vickers and Matt O'Reilly Simon Donnelly goes one in front Until Ooh. Dylan knew straight away That Ethan Erehon Was sent off uh, For oh. St Mirren Against Kilmarnock Wasn't well, even debated that one yet You're all bogged down In Conor <laughs> Goldson uh, Was that the right call? Is he hard done by? I've not seen it Yeah right Marvin. <laughs> You're just trying to keep yourself I'm sick of you now Sack this guy He used to at least tell us his opinion uh, So it's two all uh, the manager of Stenhouse Muir, Gary Naismith. Name any Premiership side who's not won any of the last five, Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> 
Come on, we're in this together. Could they give me a nod? We're in it together. Livingston, Motherwell, Aberdeen, and Ross County. Simon gets it and goes three two in front. Harry Souter plays for Stoke. You've both got it. So Dylan needs this. You've got two more questions left, though, Simon. Name any of Aberdeen's three longest-serving players. You passed it. Mm-hmm. You had the choice of Matty Kennedy, which surprised me, Johnny Hayes, or Joe Lewis. Dylan got Joe Lewis. Wow. So it all comes done. down to the last question. Dylan's done here. You've got. I can't even remember the last question. You, oh, I can. You've got some. Right. You've got some additional time. Which SPFL team does Christian Doidge currently play for? He's at Kilmarnock yeah, He's on loan at Kilmarnock yeah. And he's playing for Kelly, Which means for the second time This season The second time this year Sorry uh, We do go to A tiebreaker So here's the deal Come on Dylan Oh this question would be Right up your street as well Marvin But you're not playing So you can just forget it um, I'll ask the question I'll get Simon to write his answer down I'll then give me Give you the nod To give me your attempt Dylan Okay No worries Okay Let's do it how many games were Hibs managers Paul Heckingbottom, Jack Ross and Sean Maloney in charge combined? How many games were Hibs managers Paul Heckingbottom, Jack Ross and Sean Maloney in charge of the club combined? Wow, Simon Donnelly. Dylan, what are you uh, I'm, I'm going to go 48. Right, seriously, you two. Honestly, we need, we need to have words here, right? Now, I know they had... F- Quite famously short spells And that's why we've asked the question But three managers Dylan Three <laughs> managers And Simon Donnelly Is Does not much matter? better Does because he's gone, he's gone oh. 60 But he was a lot closer Than you What's The answer is 147 yeah. Dylan Another oh, disgusting win well. <laughs> oh, well, I still wouldn't have won anyway Dylan oh. Honestly Right hard lines Give it another go sometime Will you Alright all right, Good man Dylan and Mary Hill just started 2023 20, the same as 60 22 20 wins a win. on average come yeah. on I'm just thinking Hibs how quick they get rid of managers oh they're quick and they're quick come on <laughs> 60 seriously I can't believe you won that's class disgusting <laughs> isn't it that's how I roll oh poor Dylan man do you know what see if you win the beat the pundit top the table at the end I think your fellow pundits should sue you <laughs> I'm going to come the plenty of the, cash there end, as well end of the season <laughs> oh dear oh dear oh dear right 01419511025 or twitter at Clyde SSB uh, you can tweet us your thoughts please do it's much more fun I think when we get it on the phone we can do a bit of a back and forth as always um, and there is plenty to look back on I wonder if there are any Hibs fans out there and I know we're Tend to be Glasgow in the West But we spread our net far and wide Marvin's a big Hibs fan I just feel like mm. keep seeing There's a lot of talk at the moment A lot of talk about where the team is at uh, And what's happening going forward So if there is anyone out there uh, Lee Johnson spoke again today uh, I wonder what you're, what you're thinking How crucial a period is this um, Going forward Anything else out there Maybe you, maybe you feel hard done by Maybe you're a St Mirren fan A Kelly fan A Motherwell fan You're fed up of everyone else Thinking uh, that it's only the big two that get contentious refereeing decisions well, Feel free uh, to get in touch It'll be absolutely fine uh, Let's go back to the phones I think we've got John, have we? In Blantyre, take it away John Right, you're talking about VAR here Right, mm. and uh, I'm a selfish supporter, right And Right, just say, well, just say the referee's not seen all these decisions I mean, even Martin Ballas saying Celtic going to have done but yep. now, There is millions of pounds at stake here, right Millions for between just obviously Celtic and Rangers, Champions League money, right? So, 
the referee just to see it. There's been so many clear and blatant decisions given against Celtic, right? So we just say, well, the referee never seen it, and VAR decides no. You know, for instance, the Hearts game, the guy clearly moves his hand out to stop the ball. The Burnley incident, the matter early. So would you say, ah, oh, it's, it's a mistake, or they disagreed with it, right? So do you see how directly the league's Celtic and Rangers are jointly now? The Trophy League, yep. right? And Rangers win the league. But Celtic have been hard done by, just accept it, you've been hard done by, mm-hmm. act thing. Right, so nobody's held accountable. People at VAR are not held accountable. That would never ever happen in any business in the world. If, if wrong decisions are made, or if decisions are made that are questionable, somebody will need to explain themselves. Yeah, but I, I suppose I, I would agree with you. You know, if I, if I my team was done out of something, I felt you know refereeing decision I'd probably feel the same. But how does that how's that any different from any competition anywhere in football? That's decided by a decision that some people think is wrong. What's the difference? Why are we special? Right. So, what, VAR was was VAR not brought in to help the referees? Yeah, but yeah, but absolutely. But I mean, we've just watched the World Cup, haven't we? The highest, absolute highest level where there were some ludicrous VAR decisions. Somebody say because of ludicrous decisions that it's right and it's acceptable. Just accept it. Senior, see if you made bad decisions every day in your work, senior mm-hmm. boss would say, "Ah, we'll just accept it." I don't really get that comparison I must admit But um, Marvin what do you think I think John's sort of doing that similar thing If Celtic are done out of something Because of bad refereeing decisions I, I, I don't know what John wants Heads to roll Presumably um, I'm, agree, I'm agreeing with the logic I'm agreeing yeah. with the, the The sort of Annoyance that it would give you I just, I just Don't Like I say If, if you Livy might get relegated And you think that something's whoa, happened Whoa 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 That's not going to happen, happen. No, Let's no. be honest Okay Here's maybe more realistic looking at the table. Motherwell might get relegated, and do you know what I mean? The, yeah, no, I, I understand the frustration, like you said. I, John's frustrations, I, I totally get it because when refereeing <laughs> decisions go against you, and you always feel your team's more hard done by than anybody else because that's the team you watch, that's the team you follow. Um, so, so I get that, but John, I don't think. Well, I don't think I know referees aren't going out there wanting to make mistakes because, like you said, we all go I'm to. Not saying that, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is. The VAR is there to help the referees, right? We'll agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. So, I reckon we can miss things, right? But you've then got VAR there to help them. Now, some of the decisions that have been given is, and that, listen, you think of this way, right? They're a Chelsea supporter. Well, if they're joint in points, then just now with Rangers, right? And these decisions are happening. It's millions and millions of pounds at stake. Now, seen in our business, people are held accountable. So the people in VAR don't need to explain themselves. We'll just say, we don't agree with that. We, when clearly the decisions are wrong but the rules of the game but this but this this is my point John and this is where I think we have to approach the discussion at least in, in a fair manner right because you're saying that the rules are are there right I've got people on Twitter and on the phones and referees by the way quite clearly because it happened saying that the rules are what say that Conor Goldson shouldn't have been a penalty so what you're presenting to me as fact isn't fact because that's your take on it isn't it I'm not talking about Conor Goldson. I could have been given or not given. The Burnley oh, one, Matt Riley, right? The uh, the Hearts game. I watched the Hibs game. Uh, Stephen Wilson's his goals disallowed. We should have been disallowed. Hibs have scored. Jackie Marsh has been wrestled to the ground. Nothing says. Then two minutes later, I talk about ten a.m. James Riley's going to go through. He's on side. 
Oh, you're offside. That linesman in that game couldn't get his flag up quick enough. I'm surprised he never pulled a muscle. I sat and watched it. Just, no, but we're not blind. We're awake. No, I mean, these decisions, these decisions, I mean, it's... But what, but John, what, what offside, what offside against Hibs, what, that was wrong? What, 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 what are you on about? What? Was that, I think that was a game Steph and Ralston scored, disallowed. No, not the goal. Before when Hibs scored, I think it was a free kick. Hibs scored for a free kick. I think Jackie Matches gave wrestled to the ground. Nobody's seen it, but record, the linesman never seen it. But Seaman uh, James Forrest runs up the path and goes through the goal. His flag's up right away. He's clearly onside. Onside. But but this is the thing, John. That I'm talking about the language you're using. He obviously wasn't clearly onside, was he? Because that's the whole point. Seaman is showing the replay. It's onside. Yes, onside. But he's bit, but John. He's not And then this is where This conversation doesn't go any further I think you're talking about Hearts aren't you I think I've now realised It's Hearts It's not Hibs And I know the one you're talking about Because I think it's Joe Hart launches the ball And the problem is When you watch it on telly Abada is not in the same Shot He's not in the same shot So by the time the ball gets to Abada You think Hold on a minute That's not offside But in fact When you see the wider camera angle And when they plot the lines Like they do in VR He was offside So we've got enough problems On our hand Arguing with the ones that are debatable without presenting something that's fact when it's not. Yeah, the offside ones you can't argue with at all because, like you said, they pull the lines out, etc., etc. And, and that is the thing, Gordon. You're completely right. When you do watch on the TV, it's not the wide angle shot, so it's not the angle that they're looking at. And even us as coaches can get afterwards. So you know, that's where a bit of a uh, trouble starts. Offside, you can't debate them. Penalties, listen, I'll give that to John all day. I, I do honestly believe Celtic have been hard done by, but I. Not for one second do I believe the referee or the people sitting in the VARs, the other referees obviously not at the game, are saying, oh, it's Celtic, we're not going to give it, or oh, it's Celtic, we are going to give it. But I do agree, they have been hard done by at times this season. But again, you would also admit that that is a subjective take on mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Because the way the handball... Re- my, here's my guess, right? And I, yeah. Just a guess. My guess would be that within the corridors of power, if you like, I, I reckon... Well, I reckon there are a lot of refs out there who would probably say, do you know what, that Matt O'Reilly one against Ross County, that that, that shouldn't have been given. Mm-hmm. And possibly the Michael Smith one contentious, but see as bad as the Burnaby one seems to everyone, I reckon there are a lot of refs out there yeah. who sta- who'll stand by it because the ball was heading towards goal. Do I agree with that? Absolutely not. But I reckon there's a lot that will stand by it, Simon. That's just <clears> kind of where we're at at the moment. Yeah, and that's where, I think that's where the frustration comes from as well though, Gordon. I think that's... You can hear it with John there. I think, as I say, I look at the one at the weekend and I think if all the other penalties, and I know it's not exactly the, the same example, but if you're giving them or not giving the one at Hearts, then that one at the weekend, for me, I'm thinking it's a penalty. But then you look at the explanation, you go, right, okay, but then that's you end up just arguing mm-hmm. over that as well. Yeah, but also then, to, to sort of throw that logic back, if you think those are mistakes, why would you want the mistakes repeated? Because from a Celtic point of view and John's point of view, they've mm-hmm. been punished for that. Right, but are, are so, they, were they wrong though? I'll, I'll go back further. If, if you I want, because that, by the way, I'm, I'm sort of playing your game here. I don't like comparing them anyway. I know. But if you do, I know what you're saying. And if they're wrong, why would you want? Why would you want decisions to continuously be wrong? You would want refs to then start getting them but right. I think wouldn't you? if you strip it right back, the rules should be changed. The handball rule with inside the box should yeah, be changed. That's us way beyond our wee world here. Then in the Scottish Premiership, isn't it? I just think if that one's if they're penalties, that's a penalty. Mm. But why, when you admitted earlier that they're not the same? Because the, the, it's the hands in front of the face. Mm-hmm. That's and none the of the argument. rest of them were. There was there was one at uh, Livingston Aberdeen, almost identical. I think you guys got the penalty. 
and it was hands in front of the face. Yeah. Yeah, there was a yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his hands were slightly wider though. I know the one you're on about. So yeah, I think his hands were slightly. But that's what I'm saying. There's your Livingston assistant manager saying mm. the hands were slightly wider. So this is a desperation to compare things. I, I just don't think it gets us anywhere. It's yeah, it's honestly, it's, it's almost like a minefield. Like a natural reaction, listen, for a player is, is to put your hands up in front of your face when the ball's coming towards it. I don't think. In isolation, that one, if that's the first game of the season that Celtic fans would be so up in arms about it, I yeah. think it's the fact that they've been, or they feel they've been so you know, mistreated yeah. when it comes that, to VAR decisions that, that causes that, it. That, that, is the, that is the emotion. And the 100%. Yeah. That's and what mm-hmm. it is. See, when, I, when I'm watching that game, I look to the, the guys I'm sitting with, that must be considered. They must have a look at that. But it, it never even merited going to the screen for it. But that's just the process, isn't it? If Willie Collum in the VAR room thinks... Well, there's that exemption that we speak about about the hands being in front of the face, so it's not a clear and obvious yeah. error. So I won't ask him over. Let's just, yeah, let's just it is it what it is. But that mm. you're, you're always going to have, we, we spoke about it before mm-hmm. VAR came in. You're always going to have debate over this, and, and that's my point. Though that's healthy, but pretending like it is black and white or these things are factually wrong, which is what a lot of the, that's mm. that's what's crazy. Because actually, the last caller, believe it or not, at some point in there went. Actually, this isn't about Connor Goldson. That could have been given, or it couldn't. Why on earth are we talking about it tonight? Then, yeah. <laughs> clearly on the back of Connor Goldson, which the caller himself has admitted he thinks could have gone either way. Yeah. But we're now back to an offside on the halfway line for a badder at Tynecastle. And that's what I mean. It's I'm not, not sure that's that healthy. Yeah. No, that, that, and I agree. And that's what I mean. It's just not that incident. I think it's just you know VAR as a whole. Celtic fans feel they've been hard done by, and that's why they, you know, they're so frustrated at this one with Goldson. Speaking of unhealthy, you'll like this as a tenuous <laughs> link. Gordon Dale and Mark Wilson uh, have been down at a showroom for our friends at Factory Weights in Glasgow, right? Just showing off how unhealthy they are. Uh, the Glasgow's premier home and commercial gym equipment supplier, uh, and they're giving you the chance to win £250 to spend at their Glasgow showroom. showroom. So Gordon and Mark went down, and they had like a weightlifting competition against each other. Who won? I know, seriously. Well, <laughs> That's a secret for now Because if you keep an eye on Super Scoreboard Tune in next week And that will give you the chance to win And it's all thanks to Factory Weights They've got a January sale on at the moment 10% off And you need not think about Gordon DL And Jim Lycra ever again But keep keep your ears out next week Uh, We'll reveal who won And give you the chance to win More calls next Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Bartley, Simon Donnelly are here Time for them to team up very quickly As we go about tonight's full-time teaser It's a new year Maybe your new year's resolution Was to start listening to Clyde One Super Scoreboard There's a thought Maybe you've never heard the full-time teaser before So let me explain it very quickly It's extremely simple You come up with a nice question Bit of trivia, bit of a teaser You send it in to us And we test the pundits with your question um, and usually they're hopeless at it And that's where they <laughs> uh, That's where you, you can feel good about yourself Stephen sent this one in tonight It's a Similar theme to last night's Since 2011 Nine players have scored One goal for Celtic In a top flight league game Can you name them? So that's it They've scored once They just scored one For Celtic In a top flight league game Since 2011 do you know what? Let's make it eight since 2013. You two are going to struggle enough with this without making it nine. I'll cut one off, right? Let's make it eight since 2013. Repeat the question again. Since 2013, yeah. eight players have scored one goal for Celtic in a top flight league game. Carlton that's, Cole? that's all they've scored. No. In the right, Celtic career. Uh, it's a toughie. Mm. 
Oh, I don't like the confused look on these faces. This suggests to me we're going nowhere fast <laughs> on Stephen's question. 2013. Would there be any semi semi recent players that maybe haven't played the, that the, much or Duffy score? No, he got a couple, didn't he, at the start? But you're maybe now not a million miles off. Maybe some lesser spotted people from that team or people that didn't last very long from the time when he was there. Gordon, stop looking at me, please. Put me <coughs> but you have coached against them. A couple yeah, of them. Nice, Gordon. No, yeah. but again, you're in the right sort of ballpark. Who'd you say there? Yeti. Here's how bad you two are, right? <laughs> Let's make it five players. <laughs> Since 2016 Right I'm cu- That's I'm not cu- making it any easier I'm, by the way I'm cutting the, the time frame Simon five, this is your specialist subject Five by the way. players right Let's make it easier Five players since 2016 That have scored one goal for Celtic In a top flight league game And that's it Okay five since 2016 <laughs> Do you want me to spoil the punchline for you So for instance before that El Kaduri Remember him against Rangers Did it 2011 Do actually yeah Rami Gershon <coughs> Dirk Boritka what? I know none of these people Well that's why I've cut these ones off I've, I've given you the more recent uh, ones Rickard was a wide player Oh now he's giving them knowledge yeah. Cheers So it's since 2016 Five players have seen <laughs> one this question. One <laughs> league goal for Celtic in the top flight Can you name them? Can one I just goal. say something Gordon? All Simon's written on his piece of paper is 2011 <laughs> 2013 And now 2016 I don't know what that's going to help with uh, let's bring in oh. Graham Who's in Can Graham help us? In Sterling <laughs> Graham Don't even try and help them What's your point tonight? Uh, okay Can you hear me alright? Yes got you um, Right My point is about VAR And about um, When The referee Sorry The VAR chap Calls over the referee Yep Now I'm a Celtic fan, okay, but I'm not disputing this thing on on Monday. Although I think people are getting things a wee bit wrong about the IFAB rule. The IFAB rule, which I read some weeks ago after the Bernabe one, was of a player's hands are in an unnatural position, mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, people in the press are talking about Q and A Q&A in relation to the rule. So I think I think we have to get that point right. But what, what do you mean though How does that contradict it And I want to be clear I'm still getting tweets on this For instance You know I've got Where is he Kevin saying that Gordon Duncan's defence Of the Goldson penalty Spectacular I am at no point Saying whether I think It's a penalty or not I just want us to come at it From the right angle So what do you mean Graham About that You know it's just a Q&A What it was Was an, on, on the IFAB website It talks about If the hands are in front of the face At a shot Protecting the face It shouldn't be a penalty and for Kevin and anyone else who thinks that's me defending it, I'm not. You're allowed to still not think that that applied here, but you still have to acknowledge its existence. I'm trying to get away from the Goldson one um, the other day, if you don't mind, um, because I know that that's been laboured to death at the, at the moment. But what what I'm thinking on is if if you take the Hearts game, which was the very first game, in the Michael Smith incident. Yeah. Now, it was a clear handball, right? My recollection was it didn't go to VAR. The VAR guy didn't ask the referee to come and look at that. Now, I'm not saying, and, and one of the things I, I'm a bit worried about um, is that what's happening is referees are getting called over, and it looks to me 98 times out of 100, they're then changing their minds because their mate in the VAR studio 
is saying yeah. uh, um, you, you need to look at this and they're thinking, oh, I, I'm going to need to change this. There was an English referee just before the World Cup who went over and came back out and went, no, I'm sticking with my decision. And I, I, I hope that's right. So what I'm getting at is why didn't Colum ask Beaton to go and look at it the other day? Now, it might be that looking at it, Beaton turns around and says, no, I don't, I don't think that's a penalty. If that's the case, that's his. he is the referee on the pitch. He is the one who has to make that decision. VAR is simply there to help him. And if we're going to be going down this handball line, then I think in most... I mean, the Burnaby one and the, the O'Reilly one, as you've spoken about, and the Michael Smith one, they were all ridiculous incidents. There was, I think, one in Marvin Bartley's game the other day um, with Livingston that a lot of pundits were saying was a ridiculous decision. Yes, Graham. about time somebody brought it up. <laughs> I like that one, Graham. Um, you know, so what I'm saying is I would just like the VAR official to be consistent. If there's a hammer, I, I, I have some doubt that considering how close Statfelt was to Goldson on Monday, I think as Statfelt, if, if you look at that frame by frame, I think you might see, I'm not saying this a definite, but I think you might see that uh, he's already putting his hands up before Statfelt even, even hit the ball. And if you look at it, I think the top part of his hands where the ball strikes is actually above the top part of his face but that's a minor point what I'm getting at is I that think that's a great point though Graham and this is because this is the bit that's the bit we need to decide on you know that that's the bit that you can debate we have to look at it within the the framework and it turns out that you're, it turns out you're not really wanting to get away from Conor Goldson because in the middle of it you mentioned Willie Collum and John Beaton we've then gone back to the position of the hands and you, Graham asked a question Marvin the problem is the answer's boring and people don't he, he's saying why is John Beaton not asked by Willie Collum to go over? The answer, it's simple, it's boring, and it's infuriating if you're Graham because Willie Collum didn't think it was a clear and obvious error. There you are, good night, and head up the road. But but then we go, ah, but, but why not? Well, you know, I, I don't that's, know how else to answer the question. Yeah, no, that, that's his interpretation of the rules. As you said, he didn't think that there was an error there or, at all. You know, clear and obvious, whatever else it might be, uh, have to fall into to send a referee across. So... Yeah, Willie Collum doesn't think that. Obviously, in his opinion, the ball is going to hit Goldson in the face. He's protecting his face. Nothing to see here. One thing, a point Graham did make about when the referees go across and very rarely 100%. they change their minds. That is, you know, Graham, I've been saying that myself. And you have to give, you have to be, for the referees, it's very, very difficult, right? Because if I'm watching and I'm in the VAR room, I say to Gordon, Gordon, go across, you need to check this. Instantly, Gordon's thinking, I've missed something. That made an error, yeah, that's why I'm going over. Exactly. Right, you've missed something here. So it's only natural, you know, it's, 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 as a human, you're naturally going to do that. So I don't think you can give the referees a hard time for I think for that's it. a problem with VAR across the board because mm-hmm. see, as soon as it started being in English Premier League or Bundesliga or whatever, international, we all, as a viewer on your couch, you knew that, didn't you? And I remember the first <coughs> time I ever went to, I went to a game that had VAR was Scotland-Israel, I think, at Hamden. Right. And do you remember Lyndon Dyke? It was a great game and Scotland were going and Lyndon Dyke's got a goal ruled out for a, a, a supposed high Ham- foot. Mm-hmm. And then the ref went over to the monitor and Hamden, Hamden bubbled because yeah. they just knew. Just knew. Look, he's, and it was like it was new for us. Look, he's gone over to the monitor. <laughs> it means he's going to change. That that's worldwide, isn't it? If they go over, it is. But as Graham says, or it was Marvin. It, it, it has happened a couple of times. Oh, absolutely, very, yeah, yeah. very rarely. Just rare, but yeah. yeah. When you when they tend to go over, and it's almost good it to see, isn't it? Like it's refreshing. I think I think the confusion 
Listen, going back further with the, the first one at Tynecastle, that that is more baffling for me why that sure. was not. Yeah. Uh, had a look at mm-hmm. you know and go to the screen. The one at the weekend, they've, they've come out with the, the the version of why or the rule rather, so you can interpret it either way. But I think the the one at Tynecastle probably was more confused to or baffling to the Celtic mm-hmm. fans. Yeah, do you think it is a um that is a sort of a accumulation? As you guys say, and with every one that comes along, you then you feel like it's it's the it's the worst of them all. Because see, see, for for me, who just has to has to stand here and and keep sort of churning out the rules and whatever else. And I know I know I'm a bit boring. Um, believe me. <laughs> whether again, whether or not you think Conor Goldson's is a penalty, t- to me, in terms of where the rules are, it's it's at least much more debatable, much more debatable than. Matt Riley's was yeah. For me much more Right And then you can get into <coughs> Burnaby's And Michael Smith's But we're now This is the latest one And let's not be kidded It was at Ibrox It was against Rangers It was a it was a high profile fixture But but what it's caused is A sort of A feeling A mood That this is a, a Real horror But but maybe Graham's right Maybe the real horror Was the last one Or yeah. the previous one And then it, it just accumulates This is just the accumulation Of them isn't it As I said earlier It's not just this one In isolation I think it's all the other ones That they've felt That they've been hard done by But every club In the Premier League By the way Every club thinks that VAR Has got numerous things wrong Against their club Whether it's for you With a penalty Against you with a penalty A tackle A red card Whatever it might be You know So it's not just a Celtic problem I get it Graham supports Celtics that's the team he watches and that's the one he really cares about but he speaks to anyone from St Mirren Livingston Motherwell you know they have the same problems with it it's just something unfortunately we have to get along with but there's no conspiracy against any club within the Premier League this is taking on a bit today you'll have seen the headlines in this morning's papers you know Celtic set for SFA crunch talks over VAR and it all sounds very dramatic <laughs> and it all sounds like Celtic are going to storm the doors of Clydesdale House and, and demand answers from, from Crawford Allen do you think it's any different from what other clubs do? Do, do, do you, do you or Davy Martindale, do you call up every Monday anyway? Yeah, and have a and ask why is this not given? You know, is that just yeah? Standard? That's that's just that's just standard. Are we making a big deal of it because the fixture and yeah, the fixture and everything. yeah, totally. You know, and and that's the thing. Um, you know, every club will, will send an email or a majority of clubs if they feel they've been hard done by. You know, Crawford's emails are very very busy on a Monday morning or Tuesday morning. It might have been this time because of the games on the Monday, and that's only natural. Uh, as you said, it's a big deal being made about it because. You know, it was at Ibrox. It was between the two biggest clubs in the country. But that's something totally normal. Every club in the Premier League would have sent an email or two um, this season already. Uh, thank you, Graham. Plenty to mull over. That was Graham and Sterling. 01419511025. Uh, I did ask you for your thoughts on a, your teaser tonight. It's not really going anywhere, I must admit. Since 2016, five players have scored just one top flight league goal for Celtic. They've only scored the one. Can you name them? <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I had a zero on the full time. I think this is the first time, and I'm getting hotter by the minute because I'm really, really struggling here. I need some initials or something. There's soon. one in the current squad, right? Okay. So what might you be looking at? Either Defenders. someone who doesn't play a lot, Starfield. Maybe someone who doesn't play a lot, or someone that plays in a position that Jens? might not score a lot. Carter Vickers, Welsh. Yes, Stephen Welsh. I'm, I'm class at this, by the way. You're Star- brilliant. Starfield get more than one. Or none, I don't know. Oh, no, he's, de- uh, he's definitely scored, I think. Yeah, I think he has. <laughs> just bl- the good thing about this is you just blame Stephen. You don't blame me. He sent the question. <laughs> Simon's blaming anyone. He's got Simon, right. your turn. We'll get the rest <laughs> tomorrow, I think. <laughs> Next. 
Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Uh, we are on Twitter as well, uh, as well as the phone. So do get in touch if you can. Um, David Lees says Can't help but think Getting officials in front of the press To let them explain Why they've given decisions Would help For me the only problem With beating on Monday Was leniency Other than that Think he had a decent game And Tony's given me This is the dream scenario See if you're in the broadcast industry Tony says This is what we need Mic up the ref and the VAR And we can all hear What they're looking at And he's given us a clip uh, From Sydney versus Melbourne I think it mm-hmm. was Which is magnificent But again You turn on any league Really any normal time I did see you yeah, before we came great. on air didn't mm-hmm. we but again you know, it doesn't really happen does it you see these no, no, one off kind of yeah. examples that, that look great but if it's if it's not happening in any big leagues really it's not happening it's, in Champions League it's not happening internationally just suggests it's not something that football as a whole is ready for I'd love it yeah I'd absolutely love it as as like fans and stuff of course we'd love it we'd love to hear what the referees are saying but you know it's just going to bring them under more scrutiny, isn't it? Let's be honest. You know, oh, well, he said this to him, so why didn't he yeah. go with it? It's just it's just not going to help them Especially, at all. Can you imagine the phones? To, you, you hear the recording of Willie Collum saying, I think Conor Goldson's hands are in front of his face. He's just protecting his face as per IFAB's Q&A section. <laughs> and everyone goes, oh, well, then, OK. Yeah, exactly. we'll just accept it now. And, and that's the thing, ah, right? To be fair, I'm being facetious, because some, some, it would, it would maybe at least you'd at least begin to understand I don't know no but I think if you're the referee in the VAR room and you know you can be heard by the, you know everybody listening to the game you're going to sit on the fence even more you know you're not really going to be helping the referee at this point you don't want the flat to come to you which isn't great but I just don't think that would help at all although it'd be great for us to listen to okay 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 let's uh, revisit this teaser quickly my word you two need to make some progress you're hopeless Stephen's question was much harder than this but we've made it easier for you since 2016 five players have scored one top flight league goal for Celtic just the one before the break I think you got Stephen Welsh yeah. anymore uh, Laxalt yep let's back famous dreadlocks in S- Scottish football in many a year Sorrow oh I yeah. like that okay Ishmaela Sorrow well done I'm not going to take the other one you got the other one as well uh, well you know I've been carrying the team tonight um, Dembele Musa Dembele only scored <laughs> no I'm joking right Karamoko yes well done <clears throat> see a wee bit of thinking time when you're not distracted by oh what's happened I was just about to go back to the phones uh, and bring in Tom who's a St Mirren fan he's just disappeared we'll try and get Tom uh, back on all of a sudden you've only got one to get so there we go no. I don't think that's too difficult we've got 15 minutes just under Simon will get this one Team game Your absolute nonsense clue That means nothing to anyone but me But maybe gives you a little hint As to the opposition Was I was in honeymoon When this goal was scored So it was against Your team If I hadn't Wanted to chuck my phone in the pool already I really 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 Mm. Wanted to chuck it in the pool by this point But it was great Because you're on the other side of the world And you could just pretend it wasn't Every Celtic player scored against Motherwell. Certainly <laughs> seems like it. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> oh. uh, so he scored against Motherwell. Look, you've plenty of time. You have plenty of time before we. You're going to need it. Mm. Anyway, uh, transfer windows open. Any big plans for Livy Marvin? We joked at the start. You fobbed me off. I'm going to revisit it. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, we've we've signed Luigi. Sent a half. He was away with us when we were in Turkey. Um, so he's due to come over I think today um, actually and he'll, and he'll train for the first time tomorrow 
But out with that, no, I don't think there'll be there'll be many uh, incomings uh, unless a few boys go out. So yeah, I think it'll be a quiet window for us, and you know, unless something happens uh, majorly with one of our players going out. You must be on board, Simon, with your Celtic hat on, and quite literally because you do have a green hat on. I don't think it's Celtic for that for that matter. Um, you happy getting the business done, or do you, like, do you like a bit of drama? Do you like a bit of madness? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? I think, but the last three windows. As we, we spoke about the start Ange seems to be a step ahead In terms of what he needs What he wants And I think he's went on record Saying that You know The, the only other ones will be If somebody goes out So you're looking at If there's a Juranovic There's speculation about Jackie Marcus uh, I think he would go out And replace these guys Well he's brought Johnston in mm-hmm. <coughs> I, I would assume to Replace Juranovic If he goes But another striker Maybe If, if Jackie Marcus moves on uh, George is a Rangers fan on the line What's your point tonight George? I think we're struggling to get Tom the St Mirren fan back On you go George How you doing boys alright? Good 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 how are you? Aye just about the uh, the game on the uh, I keep on going to say Saturday Monday <laughs> um, I mean you had the caller on earlier on And I totally agree with the caller I think it was a stonewall penalty kick And I really think that Celtic should uh, Do what they said he was going to do um, Go to the courts and start suing people And things like that um, and just leave the league To be honest That would be Perfect demise yeah, I, Well <laughs> I, I think we've um... As long as it can take On the other I was why I actually asked Marvin Bartlett and Marvin About um, Robin McCrody At Rangers um, you, you should know more than most I think Robbie um, Marvin Do you think Robbie Deserves a chance at Rangers Do you think he's that kind of keeper Marvin Your you know, honest opinion I just wondered where that was going That was a very quick turn <laughs> yeah. From good Let Celtic sue their way Out of the league To what do you think of Robbie McCrory? I think Robbie's a... One thing I will say about Robbie before we talk about his performance is he's a top professional. I mean, he was always in first, go out last, all this gym work. Honestly, like any young player looking to look up someone, Robbie's young himself, he is a top, top professional. You know, it's probably for people better qualified than myself to say whether he, he can be Rangers number one, whether he should be at this moment in time. Um, but one thing I will say about him, he'll get everything out of his ability because he leaves no stone unturned. I mean, he is... The ultimate professional. Um, obviously, he came in and played in a game, didn't he? When they were uh, both the goalkeepers were out and did extremely well. And I'm sure he'll want to run at it. You know, he signed a new long-term contract. Um, probably been McGregor's last season, so he'll maybe move up to number two. But at some point, Robbie will get a chance, and it's up to him to then keep that jersey. So, in terms of answering your question, I'm unsure. But he is a brilliant professional and he'll get everything out of his own ability. It feels like a loaded question, George. It feels like you certainly think he deserves a chance soon. I just, I just think, Gordon, I think now's the chance to get the lad. It's came to the point where they've got to be a Rangers goalkeeper or it's time for it to say, well done, son, and move on. Um, but I didn't think we should let the lad move on without giving him that chance, Gordon. I really I really didn't. And I think um, I think Rangers have got three good goalkeepers at the club, but I would just like to give him the chance before we, we do let him move on because he's done well at Livingston and he's done well at um, Queen of the South and things like that as well. So let's just give the lad a chance. And I'm not saying McGregor's... Um, can put McGregor out now I'm not saying nothing like that I'm just saying we need to give this guy a chance because the end of the season is going to be McGregor's last season so um, if we've got to go and buy our goalkeeper but we might hear a wee gem there Gordon that's what I'm saying we might have a gem there and you didn't want to just throw this lad out of the side and I've heard that a few of the Livingston players I kind of got the Livingston boys and they're saying like Marvin said they're top professional wants to try wants to be the best and things like that and his brother's done well in the game so they obviously come to a good stock so I would like to give the lad a chance do you think is that part of the balance for Michael Beale in this window, George? Mixing, you know, maybe kind of short-term fixes, things that can get you th- a bit of success towards the end of the season, but also trying to like you know succession plan and think about who replaces who down the line. Do you think do, do both need to be addressed in some way during this window, or is it 
one against that, the other. No, that's exactly it because realistically, I mean, let's say we play, let, uh, the lad they play in a couple of cup games, um, and if we play against Premier League teams in the Scottish Cup and things like that, we play there and does well. That might save us two or three million pound, Gordon. Uh, come the end of the season and then he gets a good chance to look at him in the pre-season and say this lad could maybe actually be my number one going forward I'm not saying he has got to go straight in as number one but I would just like to give the lad a chance and it's maybe a, it's maybe a way of saving some money as well and saying we didn't need to spend two or three million pounds on a, on a top goalkeeper we can maybe actually bring this lad through the ranks and he can actually maybe become our number one at the start of the next season doesn't always have to happen Straight away Simon I think When he became a regular In goal for Rangers Alan McGregor wasn't That young was no. he And he'd been, he'd been about And had some loan spells Dunfermline St Johnston Was it Dunfermline myself Aye. Was he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But at the same time You would get where George is, is coming from Because you've also got John McLaughlin Sort of in the middle Of those two yeah. So he... I think just when I'm listening To what George is saying there And what Marv's saying About how the, the kid Goes about his business I, I was thinking Keepers are a wee bit different in terms of, you know, they, they, they maybe do develop some of them a wee bit. You know, age doesn't seem to be as much a factor with goalkeepers. You look at McGregor, you look at Craig Gordon, maturing, you know, way into their, their 30s. So I think this boy's got time on his side. It's maybe a wee bit different with outfield players yeah. coming in, you know, and, and maybe concerned that they're not playing a lot. But I think this boy will get his chance. The thing is, he's 24 now, Robbie, so... In terms of yeah. what George is saying, when you, sign a go- when you sign a goalkeeper, what age are they going to be looking to sign him? Because you don't want to block his pathway. Well, the only thing you would say is McGregor's coming to the end. Yeah, and McLaughlin's, what, 35 now? Yeah, so so, so this, this boy might get a chance yeah. know, within the next 18 months yeah. to be yeah. Rangers number one. And thank you, George. Nice uh, point to end it on. A friendly football discussion. And amongst all the madness, which we live for as well, let's be honest. So 01419511025, jot it down. And give us a call tomorrow Let's finish off on this teaser if we can Thank you to Stephen for sending it And let me remind everyone If you want to be like Stephen And, uh, and who wouldn't Send your questions in to Fulltime at Clyde1.com Fulltime at Clyde1.com What are you two laughing at? Not, so I was going to say something ridiculous Not that this is going to help Since 2016 How long are you married? Uh, <laughs> it was 2016 Right, okay May of 2016 For anyone that wants to send an anniversary card another clue May So it was a sort of last game of the season Type It would have been You remember it now uh, What's his name? (laughs) It was a It set a Forest Green He did It set a record I guess For for Celtic He scored the 7th Yeah I told you I wanted to put the phone in the pool Forest Green Yeah I think he's still there Barnsley maybe as well Oh Youngest scorer Oh look at Marvin Prides himself on having Encyclopedic knowledge Of the English lower yeah, leagues Yeah this is hurting me down. I can see the goal He was Celtic's youngest Ever goal scorer, scorer yeah. At the time I think Something along those lines You need to give us the initials J-A <laughs> That's not who you're thinking of <laughs> Oh dear <laughs> J-A I'll tell you who's got it Stephen Roy got it on Twitter Very well done to him How long have we got? J-A this music makes me nervous. No, you don't have long. You don't have long enough. What was his name? Stop turning it up, Gordon. Oh man, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Close. Jack. Jack Aitchison. Thank you to you two. We're back tomorrow. Mark Wilson and Gordon DL and Johnny Campbell is up next. Thanks for your company.